0: Welcome y'all, Ray here, this is the stations podcast where we essentially cultivate courage, compassion and wonder it's really all about sitting with each other, holding space having conversations where we can learn, understand and really do that by sitting and holding space and listening to each other's stories, thoughts and digging deeper and today's a really special episode because it's somebody who in our community is super hallowed and yikes. she is compassion personified, unconditional love personified and wisdom personified. It's Auntie Esther. And this one's all the more special because it's October 7th right now as we're cutting this. And it's her birthday and she's literally still here in our house in the front having conversations. We had a surprise gathering for her. So that makes this all the cooler. Um, and I appreciated having the opportunity to sit down with her on Monday and just learn from her and just listen to her storytelling, listening to the way that she speaks her gentle manner and soaking that all up being in her presence and learning more about myself in the process. Um, so I hope you enjoy this as much as I did and you get a sense of just how special Esther is. So check it out. I'll catch you at the end. Happy birthday, Esther.
1: Okay, so my family uh, um, were refugees in Kenya because during uh, the 70s and uh, I guess early 80s, uh, Idi Amin, the famous Idi Amin, was a dictator in Uganda. And my dad, at that time, I think he was doing his masters at the university, and he was also at the same time one of the university leaders. And my and he was uh, very strong in the Christian faith and movement. Idi Amin was a Muslim. Idi Amin wanted to do away with uh, Christianity and basically establish like a Muslim state. So. Uh, he targeted a lot of the Christians, a lot of the young uh, leaders in, in uh, Uganda at that time. And in fact, so many of them were, were massacred and many of them died. So my dad was on top of the list, one of the top people that they were targeting to kill. And he was actually supposed to have uh being dead but um, thank God uh, one of uh, my mom says he used to be our driver but apparently he was uh, he was a spy for the government he used to spy and see where uh, my dad uh, follow the movements and take back so on the day that they were supposed to have uh, come for my dad and killed him something I guess it was God who, who just you know touched this this man and he uh, came and told my mom came and told my dad and said you had better just stop what you're doing don't go home he actually said don't go home tonight don't go home because they're coming for you Um, you need to get out of the country so friends came together uh, they organized for my dad to leave the country and he managed to escape. So my dad actually uh, went, escaped first and my mom followed uh, later with me uh, us in the timing, and my sister and brother. So we, she uh, escaped alone, I think about two or three weeks later. So that's what happened and that's how we ended up as refugees in Kenya.
0: So then your experiences, you're not you don't necessarily you weren't born with this feeling of moving from one place to another. Does um, that like the identity is there what how did that play in your identity as
1: so uh, I I always feel always ask me how did you love or come to love to travel? And I feel I like was kind of it's born in me. But then I also feel um, that the experiences that I had when I was young uh, contributed a lot because uh, first of all, we used to move back and forth between Kenya and Uganda. Like we used to um, you, like pretty much um, uh, smuggle ourselves back into the country to see my grandparents and you take these buses and then just like drive for hours, like we we'll take the back roads, and I used to just remember just seeing a lot of beauty. Oh, it was very scary because there were soldiers everywhere, and there were roadblocks everywhere. But for some reason, I just remember the lushness um, of of the you know just seeing lush green planes and that used to just i'm like oh my god i wish i could just run into you know into the field and just like scream and just feel free it always gave me that sense of belonging just um, taking those trips so uh i developed that love for travel from those trips and also um meeting the different people that, uh, helped along the way, like, uh, like strangers literally would give us food, give us shelter. And that just like got to me and I was like, Oh, I just want to go see what's out there, see the world and see how, um, different people, uh, come together and just be basically show that compassion to strangers. Yeah, so I, I always say it's both nature and
0: nature. Yeah, that's amazing that smuggling yourself back in a country where your family is wanted, but then yeah. the first thing you're, you recognize is how lush and green the plains are. Yeah. <laughs> and not yeah. the fear and not no. thinking about that.
1: Yeah, it was so beautiful. For some reason, I just remember the beauty and, and just also seeing uh people because... There were very few cars going to visit my my grandparents in that village. So you'd see women just like carrying baskets on their head and just walking. And they were always very peaceful and happy, and something just like just caught me. That scene always just remained it with me. Yeah. So I guess um yeah, I guess it's both. I guess it's both. Yeah,
0: so like seeing those images, what 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 did those images make you feel? Did it make you feel comfortable? Did it make you feel at home seeing those? Even it
1: though? made me strangely feel um, at home. It did make me feel at home because I'm like uh, crossing over. Like uh, I always, you as I, I mentioned before, I always used to just pretend that I'm I'm not Ugandan. I don't I don't want to identify for some reason. There was so much shame. With being a refugee and saying I'm from this country, right? Because I always felt, oh, we've done something wrong Mm. and we're imposing ourselves. That's how I used Mm. to feel. I was like, this, I just don't feel like I fit in. But immediately when we crossed, and then you're just seeing freshness, you're just seeing people happy, and you're just seeing people just saying hi, it's like, okay, I'm home, I belong, right? It just felt I belong and I'm like, I need to stop all the pretense and just be myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I used to always feel like, okay, now I, I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to be someone I'm not, I can just be me.
0: And so that connection to the strangers comes from those times of coming in and out of the country. Yes. Yeah. It does. So it was it like a grueling journey? Was it like do you have do you have to prepare before you go in? Did like the family have a talk?
1: Or- oh you have a talk because as I told mentioned before, there were there was still like um, border I mean the there were road they, they call them road blocks. Like I mean men literally were, would stop and ask you for your papers, ask you where you're coming from, ask you uh, who, who you are blah 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 so they had to my mom my my dad used to they used to train us what to say they were like just keep quiet don't say anything let me do the talking so uh it was always it was scary it was really really scary but um for some reason when you're a child and you and I have my mom is she's just a badass like she was just like Uh, I am covered by the blood. (laughs) She was one of those mothers who was like, God, I'm a child of God, no one can tell me. Like, this is my country, I'm coming home. So she would always, always say, no, nope, you're not going to do anything to me. You want to kill me, you kill me. If it's my time to go, it's my time to go, but not today, yeah, not today, so... For some reason, we were always safe with her. But then at the same time, we were always so scared to also travel with her because she was just like, oh, she would just say anything. And we are like, oh, no, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we cautious. like yeah. cautious. There's a time, there's a time she just like, they stopped us and so we, we never used to, sometimes you, 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 you'd have to take the back door. So this time, I remember it was really dark at night. And I was with my auntie, my mom. I'm not sure if I was with one of my sisters. Because my brother, I think, had remained. And then the, the army men stopped us. And they cocked their guns. They are like, stop, stop, stop. My mom is like, you're not going to kill me. Who are you? I'm God's child. She was just like going on like, oh, my God. My auntie was like, oh, my God, Rachel, stop it. And then I started screaming. I was like, I cry. I'm like, oh, I don't want to die today. I don't want to die. My mom was like, no, you're not going to kill me. Who are you? And the guy is cocking his gun, like pointing the gun at us. And she's like, no.
0: Whoa.
1: She's like, today, today. You see who, which God I serve. She's like, ah, I am a child of God. You're not going to touch me. Uh, it was so scary that my aunt went and she literally begged and told the soldiers that my mom is mad. She's like, no, she's not. She's she's not no upstairs, so please just let, her, let us go. And <laughs> the guy was like, okay, okay. And that's how he, he let us go. Yeah. But wow. yeah, my mom had this courage that, uh, this faith that I don't understand. Sometimes I don't understand where she gets it from. But it's put us, brought us a lot of travel, but also saved us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How did she? How did she work in tandem with your dad? How? How did they? What was that energy like between them? No,
1: the energy is very different. My dad is a very, uh, he's the intellectual quiet um side he has that side my mom is uh she's more of the she's not even loud but she's she's just like the more courageous one the one who will just like you know dare to go and do something different yeah so they would clash a, a lot. <laughs> My dad wouldn't understand sometimes uh, some decisions that you'd make. It's like, no, she's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Let's let's just, you know, let's just be calm and diplomatic. My mom is like, no. Nope no, 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 you have to say what you mean and just say it, and get what you want, yeah. So, But then at the same time, I guess they complimented each other too mm-hmm. because, yeah, when something needed to be done, we go to my mom and then my dad was like the intellectual side to bring reason to the situation. Yeah.
0: And so when they would decide... It seems, it seems that now it seems like a lot more is coming into focus about you because of that, because of just hearing even this, right? Like diving into the story. Yeah. Cause you have, you have a big faith and you act like what your belief in things. If you believe in something. Yeah. It's like a hundred, it's like a thousand percent. It's almost like when you believe something, you're like, it's written. Yeah. yeah, Like it's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then you have the Yeah. You have this also side that's super gentle. Yeah and super, super compassionate, I think that, and then the intellect that creates this wisdom.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm a child of my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I never thought about that. I don't know, never really thought about that. But yeah, I guess I get, um, I feel like I, I get, um, I'll call it my stubbornness. From my mom because I can yeah as you say when I make up my mind I can be stubborn and I'm like yeah I'm just sticking to it and then I get um, I get my mom is very compassionate though she's also she's she's stubborn and really hard headed but she's very 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 compassionate so I don't know I guess I get I get it from both sides my dad, yes, is the more intellectual thinker. Um, it takes time to think, see things through. I get that from him too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Uh, this is... Oh, there's so many more. I have so many more questions yes, now. I because, asked, yeah. Ask like, away. <laughs> so that... The idea, like, well, even just going back to the idea of you t- saying your mom is a badass... Or even just hearing, I had all these ideas when you were saying we mm. left as refugees. It was like a family left together. But it's like, no, mm. your dad left first. Your mom was pregnant with you and yeah. had the two kids.
1: Yeah. My mom had uh, yeah, two kids. And then, uh, and for most of our, uh, my childhood, my mom was like the uh, literally the one who brought us up. She had uh, help from her, my aunties who would come. Because uh, my dad had to hustle, like, uh, well, they eventually had eight kids, by the way. So, and she pushed all of us, like eight of us. But she was the main uh, household keeper. She's the one who just, like, shaped us. Because my my dad had to basically work. And he uh, he eventually got a job with... uh, was called the East African Evangelical Society, it's something, association, something like that. And uh, that job uh, uh, made him travel. Like he was traveling almost whole year, going to different mm-hmm. countries. So literally my mom was the one who was holding the fort down at home. And we didn't have mm-hmm. much. She she, was, uh, uh, she wasn't she was working that time because she couldn't. She had to take care of her kids. And there are days where we literally had nothing. And my mom would say, <laughs> she'd always tell us, Okay, guys, this week, starting Wednesday, we are going to fast. Because she's like, we got to just fast and, and pray and, you know, just like um, cleanse ourselves and... Just get, us, get your minds ready and just like, you know. And we would think that, oh, okay, we're just praying, you know. Uh, we, we grew up very, very, very religious. Uh, so we, I eventually got to know later on that uh, we'd go through these fasts because we didn't have food. She literally did not have any food to, to, to give us. So she's like, what do I do? So we just go like on three days fast and you just fast. And then, for some reason, miraculously, someone would knock on the door or my dad would send money by Western Union or MoneyGram and we go and there's food that after the fast we would always have something to eat. But then eventually she told us it's to um, do that because she she really didn't have food we didn't have any money or we didn't have food
0: what was that experience like going through going through fasts like that it was oh my
1: goodness I just remember feeling so hungry but then I also remember um I guess I trained myself to think about other things uh and by the second day, the first day would always go and just um get cold get and just <laughs> because we were so hungry, we just get yeah. like the cold get and just like eat or drink water, drink a lot and water. The second day, you're like, oh no, you know, I can't do this. Uh, the second day, you're just thinking of other things just to preoccupy your mind I would read a lot I love to read so I just go read and play and then the third day you're thinking oh it's the last day we're going to break our fast there's going to be food so we we went and we fast we used to fast quite a bit we I remember doing it more than 10 times when I was young so we got used to it yeah and it just makes you appreciate more the little that you have mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. appreciate food, appreciate just uh, having your family together because we'd always break the fast together and just appreciate the little things in life. That's why I always like, I'm like very, very appreciative. I, I don't like when food is wasted. Um, I... I am very, very passionate about giving back to those who don't have uh, because I know how it feels to go without food. I know that feeling, the, those hunger pains.
0: Yeah, so. What was the dynamic like with other families or other kids? Were were families around? Were you exposed in those times with like other kids eating and like other families having food? Even or- so
1: my mom would tell us, no, you don't, you don't show that you're fasting. You don't like. She never wanted us to feel like. uh she made it seem like it's as it's something as normal as possible. So go play with the kids, right? And the kids are like, "Oh, we we'll go back to we're going home to eat." And no, you you like okay, okay, but you don't you don't show that you're you're going. She never wanted us to show other people that you're going through that. So she tried to make it seem like it's something that's normal. That uh, other families do it, but we we did we didn't really like care. My of course when you're young and someone is like, oh, do you want do you want a candy? Or do you want uh, to eat this? But my mom's voice was always at the back of your mind. Like, nah, you know. <laughs> for some reason, we'd we'll think, oh, it's gonna God will punish us for for breaking the fast before or something like that. So, no, we we didn't. We we were pretty disciplined, actually. That's pretty powerful.
0: I mean the idea of belief yeah. and like the way that you frame things mm-hmm. and how if you you're going through that collectively as a family mm-hmm. and you're together with each other even that idea of you probably value family time yeah and quality time and going through experiences yeah. together than yep. than your own and than the own individual interest of i have to eat yeah
1: that's true. And I think up to now, I think I'm like that with family time. I'm very close. We're very close. Uh, we're very close-knit family. And we do love to come and just enjoy each other and, and, yeah, bring food and eat. But it's more of the conversations and just the bonding and just feeling like, oh, we're family. That, that's what brings us closer, closer together. And I always say my, um, I guess my relationship also with food uh, is, uh, I guess it's also complex because, because I didn't have much uh when i eat i don't eat i don't i just eat to <laughs> i guess i i eat to live not live to eat mm, yeah mm. um yeah i have that relationship with food i'm like um, because i know someone else might not have a meal so mm. i eat what is just enough and i I'm not obsessed, overly obsessed with food.
0: That's so funny because you make so much food for everybody else. And that's too, (laughs)
1: yeah. That's why I say my relationship with food because I am one person who just loves to see people. I love to cook. I love to see people enjoy a good meal. I like to see them enjoy a good meal. It just brings me joy. But I guess it's it's just seeing people together, enjoying a meal and just having that conversation that just like brings me joy. I don't, I'm not want to like eat 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 much, but I like uh, the comfort that mm-hmm. uh, a meal brings to a group of people. I just love seeing that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That space is. Mm-hmm. And you do hold that, but that's so funny because the last times we've been somewhere, I remember thinking there's so much food. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much to eat right now.
1: Ah, there's so much to eat. That food too, because my grandmother, part of uh, when I was a teenager, I grew up with my grandmother when my mom and dad had moved here. So um, my grandmother also just uh, instilled in me that you should never, never, never uh, not share whatever you have, especially if it's food. Mm -hmm. She's like, you should always share a meal. Give, even if it's your last, just sit and share. So that comes from my grandmother, too, that I, I just, yeah, love to see people eat. And enjoy a good meal.
0: What do you think causes people's values to shift? What are the things that can allow people to
1: change? I feel the most, uh, the best experience is just interacting with people from different backgrounds. That's the best experience or examples that you can have. Personally, that's what I think, yeah.
0: And so when did, yeah, in your history, mm-hmm. when did the, when did all the travel start?
1: I think I was in high school, Yeah, I traveled alone to South Africa. It was amazing. I had a really good time. It was different Mm, with apartheid. I think that's the first time I also experienced racism um, in South Africa. Uh, But I had a good time. I really had a good time. What so was the right what was the
0: experience with that? What what was there a specific story or experience that you had? In that yeah, problem?
1: because I uh, I stayed in Johannesburg and I stayed in a very kind of affluent area, white neighborhood, and I just remember just seeing. Uh, all the, all the black people were just like the waiters, the sweepers in hotels, and they were just not treated well. And I was like, what is this? And then the, I just also remembered that the, in that neighborhood, the dogs, they would bark like I would walk, and these dogs were literally like chase after me, like they are trained to, to identify this is black and this is white. And just like entering, uh, you go to the mall and they're looking at you like, "Mm, you can't afford, you know. Yeah, that was the first time and I was like, this is strange. This is weird because I I grew up in Uganda, Kenya. There's nothing like,
0: you know. So how does that experience? So once again, Mm -hmm. you say it's your first time experiencing racism, Mm -hmm. but it's still about the love of things. It's still like. So these things that occur to you that might mm-hmm. be negative or that other I think other people could experience and that's what they would center their experience yeah. on, what what brought you back to, you, though experiencing that still everything was about traveling and loving that experience
1: because it's uh, of the, of the the different people I met during um, that travel like I met some amazing white South Africans and I met some really amazing black South Africans so they just you know made me think you know it can be it's possible for for us just to come together and live together as one we don't have to have I don't know like why do we um, fight why do we just dislike people for like very small little things right it's just literally the people who I met that just gave me that hope that um, the human spirit can rise above any, any hate we can rise above that yeah so no it didn't discourage me it just made me want to travel more and made me want to I guess love harder like, I'm like that kind of person who's like, oh, you show me hate, I'm going to love you hard until you yeah. just break down that hate. Yeah.
0: And where does that confidence and love come from?
1: Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I just believe deep, deep down in myself that there's goodness in everyone and that goodness can rise above. Uh, the hate or, or the badness in quotes that, that you know we tend to think people have I just feel I just feel it I can't explain yeah. it I just feel like in my spirit it's always goodness uh, in people yeah. that can rise above
0: yeah it's interesting because been like with conversations, it's that concept that mm. like if people can put aside whether it's like an ignorant belief yeah. or it comes from not enough knowledge yeah. or being nurtured to think a certain way yeah. or an ideology or not examining self or asking why or yeah. really doing it because that work isn't easy yeah it takes a lot of time to yeah. ask yourself and question yourself yeah but that when the space is created yeah where people can trust can yeah. feel unjudged can have freedom yeah. of their belief or freedom to express who they are that yeah i think a lot of that that's why we have a lot of people and leaders and wars right is is it's a lot of you have to believe this way yeah and if you don't believe this way there's not another another space for that
1: yeah i believe that too i believe that i believe that like yeah that's that's uh, that's leaving like when you i feel like if you get to that space where you've just completely opened yourself to accept that uh, the person next to you, or um, your neighbor, or whoever is next to you, is as vulnerable and is as as um, lovable and is just like as normal as you are, and you and you allow them to be completely themselves, then you've reached that that point in life where. I guess you found your purpose. I always feel like the purpose that we're here is just to learn to completely love each other, like unconditionally, like just learning how to love someone without any conditions. Uh, I feel like, yeah, once you get there, you, you, you just feel, yeah, this is life.
0: What, what Yeah, what is unconditional love? To, how do you define that or how do you explain unconditional love to somebody who might not know or experience
1: it? Uh, I would explain it like, I would explain it in this way. Just letting the person be who they are and just loving whatever that is. Like, without any judgment. Like, without any judgment. I think it's so hard for people to do that. Like, just don't judge the person. Love them with the way they like. They bring themselves and they are open. Just love them um, without judging them. And that's difficult because some some people have, um, and that means some people you know can be can really do things that hurt you. But how do you learn to love that? How do you learn to love above the heart? That's difficult.
0: Yeah. What does it take to, for, in your experience, what does it take in to be able to love above the hurt?
1: Yeah. It's to get rid of my ego, right? And to know that it's not about me. Like learning to know that it's not about me, uh, helps me put myself in their shoes. And when I do that, I'm able to open myself to see, to really see the person, and that just opens my heart and, op- and just pours that love out. That's what I do. Oh, that's what I try to do. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you didn't show <laughs> unconditional <laughs> love?
0: What's the last? What? Yeah. What's the last situation that someone's uh, that some, something's happened and you you were in your ego?
1: Oh, my God. It happens so many times. Sometimes with my boss, he's just like, oh, it's so hard to love sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <and shoot. laughs> Let's just see. Yeah, it it happens often. Yeah.
0: And then what brings but you just, back? What brings you back? What,
1: what brings me back? As I said, I just like, like, uh, say, you know what? Let me try and look at where he's coming from and make it not about me let us let me try and see where, from his side of you and I do that when once I do that and I'm like okay you know maybe he doesn't know maybe you know uh, uh, it's just a way of God or the universe trying to tell me that yeah um, I'm not going to bring people who are easy to love for you uh, your way you need to get the difficult ones so that you really yeah. know how to love.
0: So what if, Yeah. What about people, if, if your mom is like the example of someone who's very stubborn and believes what they believe, mm-hmm. is there room to love people that um, inherently use that belief and stubbornness with power mm-hmm. to hurt others or have really hurtful consequences? On um, groups of people, or it, it can result in death, or it can result in oppression.
1: Uh, that's a difficult one. How do you love someone who, who, um, who causes um, pain, and who causes a lot of heart to you? I think for me, I i try to look at the person uh i try to see it from this perspective they're doing that or they're doing all these things because their heart they are projecting their pain. They don't know how to handle their pain. So I look at it that way. So I might not necessarily love what they're doing, or I might not even agree with with the decisions they make, but I try to act with compassion or look at them with compassion from my side, right? And I try to reason with myself and i try to say okay they're still human this is coming from somewhere how do i make myself accept um and look at them with compassion Mm -hmm. it's not always easy and i I guess that's why i'm saying it's it's tougher to love people who are very difficult but i guess that's what we're called to do because so one... it doesn't make sense loving someone who is just easy to love, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like mm-hmm. right, like yeah. you just have only yeah, but you're not growing.
0: So can can one love another person by holding a boundary or even being in opposition? Yes,
1: yeah. I think it's 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 healthy to love from afar, and it's healthy to have boundaries. And it's healthy. And loving, loving a person doesn't mean you agree with what they do or with everything they say. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. So I think it's important for you to have boundaries. Because the boundaries you're setting for yourself is you're loving yourself first in order, taking care of yourself in order to love another person. So if you don't take care of yourself and don't love yourself by setting those boundaries, there's no way you'll be able to love that other person. So I think it's important to set boundaries.
0: So yeah. If I was to make you a commentator right now on what's going on in America, mm. how does how does one love a Donald Trump?
1: Uh, you love a Donald Trump by just knowing, oh, this he's a really, really, really hot human being. There's no way Donald Trump is, uh, um, is normal. That's how I see it. Like mm-hmm. he's, there's a lot of childhood trauma. There's a lot of childhood pain. There's a lot of narcissism. narcissist na, What's the word narcissism? again? Narcissism. Oh my God. That's that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if you look at him like that. You can have compassion for him. Like I really sometimes just feel sorry because I'm like, how can a person reach that extent? Like that's so much hurt that you he was so either his mom or his dad just didn't show him love that he he feels a need, you know, to prove himself all the time. Mm-hmm. That's how I look mm-hmm. at him. I'm like he's just is it's just a cry for for love for real real love that he didn't get yeah. so he you feel sorry for him and yeah, yeah it's tough because yeah. of uh, you're like how but we're called to we're called to love so you yeah. i i struggle i really yeah. struggle but then at at the same time I, i'm like uh i wish he could know that that
0: peace and that love sure yeah because i i think too yeah that's it's the idea of even reframing or the definition of what love is Mm -hmm. i think there's a very a lot of people tend to look at love as this active and very like i love you like i accept you for like completely and like Mm -hmm. everything about you where i think you can you can love someone but have this understanding of like yeah. I don't agree with what you're doing. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of what you're doing is yeah, fucked up. Yeah. But I can also recognize and hold the space that Exactly there is something deeply troubled yep. within you and yeah. going on. Like yeah, for me it's the outrage. It's tough even yeah. for me then it's for me the outrage that he causes people. Yeah. I feel bad for people that Yeah, like that, the energy that feed, that, that feed
1: into that that negative energy. And sometimes you have to you have to you know, just sit back and say, uh, "This is this is like just a game to him." Or this is like, it's really for me. I really feel it's a cry. It's a really cry for love. I mm. feel sorry for him. And uh, sometimes yeah. I feel very angry, and sometimes I just want to punch him. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'm just like. You just want to, like, well, uh, yeah, true. And so just do it too straight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you yeah. know, you're yeah. just like, shoot, hey, listen, yeah. like, get it together. You just want to do yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, sometimes loving means giving that tough love, too, right? Like, yeah. telling people that, like, listen,
0: no. Yeah.
1: And it's, this it... is,
0: yeah. like people like someone who's listening where they're like i don't you know you can't love donald Trump, you can't have compassion i Mm. i i look at it as as more of even the concept of you can you can be in opposition yeah but even the compassion for your you can still have like the idea of compassion for yourself is not letting yourself be uh, taken by the outrage yeah but understanding by having that knowledge of understanding that this person is deeply troubled yeah. and there's a lot of trauma there, yeah. by that understanding, you should focus your energies yeah. on the work exactly. and focus on your energy on the policy change,
1: exactly the
0: changes in the government exactly. that, or the local things that yeah. you have in your power to do Yeah, that doesn't give it away yeah. when you're... Like ranting and yeah, rating.
1: that's that's what I always say. I'm like, don't we are just like, oh my god. Let me tell you guys, like, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, they are politicians. That's their job. That's number one, right? So they are doing their job. Like that's their job. They are paid to do that. So we need to focus focus on your energy. For, for, go vote your local councils, I always say, you know, start at home. Charity always begins at home. Do things in your community that affect you in your I mean your immediate community. Just concentrate on that. Don't waste too much energy mm. on on ah, yeah. or oh, Mr or oh, Mr Trump. He's 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 hurting so Focus your energy
0: elsewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, yes some some conversations questions All right. to close out. Thanks for sharing. All right, yes here we go. Here we go. What's one ingredient or food everyone should have in their kitchen?
1: Uh, salt, of course.
0: Salt. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Describe yourself in three words. The first word being a type of weather.
1: Ooh, uh summer.
0: The second type a transportation.
1: Transportation let's see uh I love trains so maybe a train.
0: And then third an emotion or feeling.
1: Emotional feeling? Uh I love uh, let's go with the uh, uh, compassion.
0: If people had to describe you as a food or a dish, what would it be?
1: Okay, so, uh, I'll just go with, uh, with, uh, my staple dish from Uganda, Matoke, it's, uh, mashed bananas. It's, it gets, it takes time for people to, it's an acquired test, but it's soft. It's bright yellow and mushy, so it just gives you that warm, uh, bright, nice, delicious feeling. Yeah. What
0: does the audible manifestation of your childlike wonder sound like? Ah! <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Es. Yeah,
1: you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing.
0: There you have it. There was Esther always appreciate her perspective and what she teaches just in the way that she lives and in the way that she processes and the belief that she has in the uh, one thing that I was talking and learning about from somebody at LA can actually was the, the difference between believing and knowing in that uh, believing is still having being set on this position of faith um, where knowing is a different aspect all to itself in which when you know, you know, it's, it's, it's something of knowledge. When something is faith-based versus something is knowledge-based, that, that knowing is so strong. It, it just by Esther's life experience and everything she's gone through, the knowledge that she has, which lets her be such a rock in the way that she leads her life, and her unconditional love and her understanding i appreciate that so much and it's something that i work on for myself to continue to learn so to have someone in my life to teach me that i'm forever grateful and will always be listening so when esther speaks or has something to tell me i'm gonna listen and take it in so um yeah thanks for checking it out Hope y'all are getting a chance to, you know, do this in your own lives and to connect with people that are important to you, or maybe people that you have a hard time connecting with, and that asking questions and just being curious and inquisitive in people's lives can open up new things, new chapters, new understandings, new perspectives, um, and yeah, I really do hope for everybody to do that and you know, push through. If there's if some courage is needed or summoned, go for it. Take the leap. It's beautiful on the other side. Thanks y'all for checking it out. We'll see you next week. Peace. Hi.